You pray with us and for us these few moments that God would help us and would speak to our hearts. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 9. The Bible says, Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, I pray this morning you'd bless the reading of thy word. May you receive glory now. We'll thank you and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach a simple message this morning out of verse number 13 and verse number 16 where we find the phrase, but I obtain mercy. How be it for this cause I obtain mercy. And I want to preach on the subject this morning, but I obtain mercy. Amen. You know, I'm thankful this morning for the mercy of God. I like the old song that says justice called, but mercy answered. Amen. Our mercy kept us from getting what we did deserve until grace could come along and give us what we don't deserve. If there's anything that we ought to praise God for this morning, we ought to thank the Lord that he is a merciful God. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. And when we come to this text this morning, what we find in these verses this morning is that the apostle Paul, in this text here, in verses nine and 10, he is just simply reaffirming as he says, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless, disobedient, and for the ungodly, and for sinners. Paul wants us to understand that the law is not made uh, for the righteous man, but it is made uh, for the unrighteous man. The giving of the law was simply to show us that you and I, uh, that our standard could never meet the standard of God. And Paul is reaffirming this. I wrote this little thought down this morning, you might say, preacher, I really don't have a bad past. But the very fact that you even have a past is bad enough this morning. When you think about it, you and I was born wrong. And if we never did anything else in our life, but if we never had another blemish or another spot from the time that we were born until right now, that one spot at the very beginning of our life, the fact that we were born into sin is a big enough spot to keep all all of us uh, out of the kingdom of God, amen. And so Paul is just reaffirming uh, that this morning. And then Paul is remembering in verses 11 down to verse number 16, he's remembering what he used to be. He's remembering what he does deserve. And he's also remembering what Christ did for him, amen. As he said that he was the chief of all sinners. And then finally in verse number 17,
17, uh, Paul is rejoicing as he says now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, unto the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul, why are you rejoicing? In verse number 17, he would say in verse 13 and verse number 16, I'll tell you why I'm rejoicing. Because in verse 13, I obtain mercy. How be it in verse number 16 for this cause? I obtain mercy. If you want to know why Paul is so excited, why Paul is rejoicing, why he's remembering and reminding Timothy and reaffirming about the law is because Paul never got over the pit that God brought him out of. He never got over what he used to be and where he ought to be at. He never got over or got past the grace of God had it not been for his mercy. Uh, Paul said, I'd have never known his grace. Amen. I want to tell you, my friend, this morning, uh, had it not been for the mercy of God, there's absolutely no telling where you and I would be at this morning. Some of you would be in hell right now. Some of us uh, may already be there. Some of us, my friend, would be, listen, our life would be uh, broken and into a million pieces. Uh, and the only reason that we're sitting in church this morning, it's not because of our goodness. Uh, it's not because of our works. Uh, it's not because of our ability. Uh, none of that uh, would have ever merited anything. Uh, it's not because of our merit, but it's because uh, of the mercy of Almighty God this morning. I want to say I'm thankful for that mercy. I want to say this question come to my mind, Paul. How does someone so wicked obtain something so wonderful? When you think about Paul in verse 16, he said Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. Don't you feel like the chief of sinners this morning? He said, well, preacher, I really don't think I'm that bad of a sinner. Oh, but you are. I tell you, if you ever get saved, you'll get saved feeling like Paul did. You was the biggest, dirtiest, rotten sinner that ever walked the face of God's earth. Doesn't matter if you've been in church or not in church. When you see yourself as a sinner, the only way to see yourself is as the chief of sinners this morning. And Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners. But he said, I obtained mercy. Paul, if you're the chief, how did somebody so wicked obtain something that was so wonderful as the mercy of God this morning? Paul said, I'll tell you how. Three little things this morning. Number one, look at verse 11. He said, I obtained it through a glorious gospel. Amen. He said, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Paul said, I was a sinner. He said, but I obtained mercy through a glorious gospel. I'm talking about a gospel that is pure this morning. I'm talking about a gospel that is powerful. I'm talking about a gospel that is peaceful. It'll bring peace to your soul. I'm talking about a gospel that's been purchased. You don't gotta work for it. You don't gotta try to earn it. It's already been paid for. I'm talking about a gospel that is peculiar. It'll take a man who's headed in one direction and it'll turn him around and it'll send him in another direction. Amen. 
amen. It'll take a man that has an appetite for one thing and it'll transform him so much on the inside that he'll have an appetite for other things. That's a glorious gospel, amen. It'll bring you out of the gutter. It'll bring you out of religion. It'll bring you out of the mire. It'll bring you out of the choir, thank God. No matter where you're at or what your standing is, it's good for the rich and it's good for the poor. It's good for the black and it's good for the white. It's good for the young and it's good for the old. It's good for the bond and it's good for the free. It's good for the wives and it's good for the unwise. It's a glorious gospel. That gospel's been around longer than you and I have. And it's good for me and it's good for you, but it was good for generations before us. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. And I got good news. When you and I are dead and gone, lying somewhere in the silent city of the dead, if Jesus hadn't come, it'll be, still be a glorious gospel that'll be good enough for the next generation. Paul said, I obtained mercy through a glorious gospel. It's a present gospel, meaning that the gospel is as real and as ready to save a sinner today as what it ever has been. You know, people have changed. Society has changed. Uh, a lot of things have changed around us, but the good news of the gospel, it is still the same that Jesus died for sinners, uh, that he was buried and that he rose again. That's the power of the gospel and it'll still do today what it did yesterday. I'm telling you, listen, uh, the gospel never runs out. It never runs dry. It'll save your soul today uh, just like it has before. Uh, It is a glorious gospel because of the author of that gospel, because of the originator of that gospel, because of the one uh, that purchased my friend uh, and gave us the gospel, it'll never change. It is a glorious gospel and may I say this morning if I didn't have anything else to praise God for and I do I would praise him this morning that God has so graced my ears to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ I'm not deceived I'm not in darkness thank God I've heard the truth I've heard the light of God's word and what a privilege to know the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning. Now the Mormons think that they've got another gospel. Paul said, if any man preach any other gospel than that which I preached, let him be accursed. I would say this morning, there is no gospel, amen? No other gospel than the one that we have this morning. I like the old song that says, I have found the way, amen. I'm telling you, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Thank God this morning, I'm glad I found the way, the gospel way, the good way, the blessed way, the right way, the true way, the living way, the happy way, the blessed way, his way, heaven's way. It's a glorious way. I need no other message. Thank God I've heard the message and it works this morning and it is wonderful and it is glorious and Paul said I obtained mercy through a glorious gospel, amen. Sinner, that's the only way you can find mercy is through Jesus Christ. He said not only did I obtain mercy through a glorious gospel but he said secondly, I obtained it through a good God, amen. Look what he said in verse number 12. Paul said and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. You know what Paul says here? 
He said it was God that saved me or Christ that saved me and it was Christ that put me in the ministry. Paul, how can a man that hated something so much be involved in something so so great? Amen. How can a man go from hating the gospel to he can't stop preaching the gospel? Amen. How can a man go from hating religion till he can't stop talking about it? How can a man go from persecuting Christians uh, to becoming a persecuted Christian? I'll tell you how. It was through the goodness of God. Paul said, I don't deserve mercy. He said, but I found it in a glorious gospel. He said, and then I found it uh, uh, through a good God. Uh, it take a good God to save a man like Paul, isn't that right? Uh, so wicked and so worldly and so deserving of hell. Uh, but you know what? It take a good God to save somebody as wicked as me and somebody as wicked as you. Uh, I mean, we all should be in hell this morning. Uh, there's no reasonable explanation why you ought to be sitting in church with your family and saved and on your way to heaven when you think about the things that we have done, uh, the life that we have lived, how that we were born in sin. God should have let the whole world dropped off into hell and it has still been God. But I'm telling you God is so good. He is so merciful. He is so wonderful that in spite of us he reached further down than we could ever reach up and he pulled us out of the mire and he rescued our soul. Isn't it good to be saved by the grace of God? Hallelujah. I say, God, you're going to have to open my vocal cords up if I preach this morning. Amen. If you see me drinking water, I'm having trouble. Amen. I don't drink while I preach. Somebody say amen. I don't drink after I preach neither unless it's non-alcoholic. And I want to tell you, Paul said, he said, I obtained it through a good God. The Bible says in Nahum 1 and verse 7, for the Lord is good. Psalms 100 says, uh, and verse number four, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His mercy, that's what we're preaching on, is everlasting. And his truth, uh, he endureth to all generations. There's you three good Bible reasons why we ought to be thanking God every day. Number one, because he's good. Number two, because his mercy's everlasting. Had it not been, it'll run out long before you and I ever come on the scene. Uh, but his mercy's everlasting. Uh, and his truth, uh, he endureth to all generations. Uh, we ought to lift our hands up and we ought to thank the good God of heaven uh, that we've heard the truth uh, that we've experienced his mercy and that God's goodness uh, has fallen upon us this morning hallelujah the Bible said the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance you might be here this morning sinner and say well why would I need to be saved I'm going to tell you why because you can't give me one reasonable explanation why God would give his son to die for you this morning. You can't give me one reasonable explanation why God would even fool with you this morning. If you're here and you're lost, you say, well, why do I need to go that altar and get right with God? 
Because if God wasn't good, he'd let you go your own way, never interrupt your life one bit, let you live like a sinner, die like a sinner, and wake up in hell without ever knowing you could have been saved. But God's so good, he gave the very best thing he had. He gave what he only had one of, and that was his son. I'm telling you, there ain't nobody would give their son for a bunch of heathens that would curse their name and use their name and misuse their name. Oh, but God is so good. He loved you so much. He looked beyond your fault and he saw your need. I say this morning, if you're in your sin, you ought to look up out of your sin and realize that the only reason you're still breathing, the only reason you're here this morning is because of the mercy and the goodness of God. Hallelujah. I've watched it run out on people. I preached to a man for several times. Went and visited him. Went to his house. Went to the hospital. Tried to get him to get saved. He never would get saved. I watched mercy run out on him. I watched him go to hell. I'll tell you this morning, if you're lost today, you ought to think about this. God woke you up this morning. He didn't have to wake any of us up, did he? He said, an alarm clock woke me up. Oh, no. Somebody kept your heart beating through the night. Somebody kept you drawing, drawing them, uh, them breaths. Amen. I took a preacher with me to a meeting one night, and I didn't tell him. They say I snore when I preach. Funny thing, I've never heard myself snore. So I wouldn't know that. He got up next morning. He said, man, you snored the roof off. I said, really? I said, I didn't hear a thing all night long. He said, you probably got sleep apnea. He said, you need to go get tested. I said, man, I don't want one of those things on my face. He said, you'll sleep better. How many of y'all say you sleep better? One, two, three. I know we got them. Probably do, but I don't want to sound like Darth Vader all night long. He said, you probably got that. I said, well, if I die, I go to heaven. Amen. And... Uh, but I'll tell you what, sinner, you could die in your sleep. You could die in an automobile accident. Or you could walk out there in a parking lot and just fall over dead. So preaching one day in a nursing home and a dear lady that come every month to the nursing home service for several weeks, she would always push all the way up to right to the podium where I mean this close to me. And she pushed up and I'd always put my foot against that podium because I knew when she hit it, she'd stop and she'd sit down or she'd lay back in that, in that wheelchair. She laid back there and she was probably less than four feet, three feet from me. And I was a preacher and she'd always sit right in front of me right there and, and listen. I was preaching on Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Got down to that latter part of that verse where David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I was a preacher in them two verses, just about done preaching and I watched her. Her eyes got real big and she drew one big old breath and she just slumped over. And I thought when I saw her, I thought, Lord, I preached that woman to death. Always heard of it, but never done it. She drew that breath and she's gone. I thought, what am I going to do? The director saw her and she came and got her and wheeled her out. Nobody really paid any attention to that. But she left this world 
while I was preaching. You see, we make an awful mistake of thinking we got more time. The only time we got is the heartbeat we're on right now. The breath, we're inhaling and exhaling. That's the only time we got right now. It'd be bad to go to hell from a church pew, wouldn't it? And Paul said, I obtained mercy. I believe this morning, they sinners here this morning, I'm going to tell you why your church this morning. You say, well, it's grandparents Sunday. And by the way, I want to say, wish all your grandparents a, a great day and a great Sunday. And it's grandparents Sunday, so I came to, to be with, with my family. No, that, listen, that may be why you came, but that's not really why you're here. I'm going to tell you why you're here. God was so merciful that he worked it out for you to be able to be in the house of God this morning. Hey, friend, I'm telling you, uh, you cannot be in your right mind by tonight. All it takes is a stroke, all it's take, my friend, is one little piece of plaque uh, to come loose uh, and to hit a certain part of your brain uh, and you could be in this world and not even know you're in this world, not have your conscience, not have your comprehension and want to be saved but not be able to comprehend. Uh, I'm telling you, God has been merciful and we ought to thank him for that this morning. I want to say if you're lost, uh, uh, my friend, uh, you can obtain mercy through a good God that'll save you. And I'll say this in closing through great grace. As Paul said, look what he said in verse number 13. He said, who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This morning, you can find grace, eternal grace, enjoyable grace, exceeding grace. Every day you could have grace Preacher, how can you obtain mercy? Through a glorious gospel. Through a good God that loves you enough to give his son Jesus to die for you. And through great grace that's been extended. You see, mercy is what's kept you out of hell. But grace is what it'll take to get you to heaven. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, not of yourself, but the gift of God. Amen this morning. You want to be saved? You'll have to trust the grace of God. Yes. Receive his mercy, accept his grace, and you can go to heaven this morning. Boy, I'll tell you, it feels good to be saved. Amen. I mean, honestly, yes. it feels good. Yes. I remember when this dear lady back here got saved. Amen. At her sister's funeral, the day, the Sunday morning after her sister's funeral. I'll tell you, when Miss Dinky passed away, and you're standing back there. I'll be honest with you, I can't remember how many people was here for that funeral. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will just lay somebody on your heart while you're preaching. And can I confess, you just, you're preaching, but you got them on your heart. And I'll tell you, that, that day of that funeral, it's on my heart that you'd be saved. And I think it was on the heart of a lot of other people. And on that Sunday morning, she come down the aisle and got in a family of God. Isn't that wonderful? Got in a family of God. And I want to tell you this morning, the Holy Spirit will do the same for you today. There ain't a doubt in my mind these people here ought to get, get born again. I ain't no telling how many people this morning need to be saved. Don't you run from God. Don't you put it off. Don't you convince yourself. I tell you, if the Holy Spirit convinces you, then they won't nobody be able to talk you out of it. But if you got to stand there service after service and try to convince yourself that you're saved, you need to, you need to do some checking up, friend. You need to let the Holy Ghost nail that down in your heart and he can do that while we stand. They're going to sing a verse of this song. What are we going to sing, Brother Dave?
Let's get a song book, 373. If you're saved, get a song book this morning. And I want us to sing this old song, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior, but look at me, sinner. Don't you let him pass you by. The Bible said the Lord, look at me, he added to the church daily such as should be saved. You know what that means? That means every day around this world, somebody gets saved. I believe all my heart, somebody around this world is going to get in the family of God. While God's moving and passing by, hey, if you're lost, don't you let him pass you by. You be that one that's going to get in this morning. Get in the family of God while you can, while we sing this morning. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Yes. How about it this morning? Hear my humble Come on, Sam. Oh, you need to step out and come. I wouldn't go to hell this morning. I wouldn't leave this building lost. It's going to take more than religion and good works to get you in. While we're singing, come on, sing. Oh, Savior. He'll save your soul this morning. He'll save your soul if you'll come to him, if you'll accept him, if you'll trust him. Yes. Do not pass me by. Let's sing another verse. Come on, sing. Let me at a throne of mercy. Wouldn't you like to find mercy this morning? Be forgiven of all your sins and all your past. Yes. Wouldn't you like to have that peace this morning that the Holy Spirit can give you? about it this morning. Oh, don't go to hell. Don't leave here lost. Don't put it off. While they play softly, I want to ask you for just a moment to bow your head. While our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, Christians are praying. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm concerned this morning. If you're here and you know you're lost, you're here and you say, Preacher, if I died today, I wouldn't go to heaven. I don't have peace about that. I want to say to you, first of all, there's no sin in this life or if you hold on to, whatever it is that's keeping you from getting saved, whether it's the sin of pride or the sin of pleasures out in this world, there's no sin holding on to worth taking your soul to hell. Five seconds into hell and all the pleasures that the world had to offer you will not matter. And this morning, you don't know when your life's gonna be cut short, neither do I. The Bible said we know not what's on the tomorrow. And friend, today could be your last opportunity to be saved. This could be it. This could be the last sermon you're ever going to hear. Don't boast before God and think you have another opportunity. I wonder if there's somebody here to say, Preacher, I want you to pray for me because if I died, I'm afraid I'd go to hell and I don't want to go to hell. I don't want you to embarrass me, but I want you to pray for me. Is there somebody like that this morning? I see that hand. Lift it up, put it back down, and I'll pray for you. Oh, surely this morning, if you're lost, you're concerned. Don't get so far gone that you're not even concerned.
Don't let pride keep you from raising your hand and letting somebody pray for you. Is there another this morning? Preacher, I don't want to go to hell. I see that hand. I'm talking about if you're serious about it this morning. Preacher, I don't want to go to hell. Is there another? Is there another this morning? I don't want to go to hell. I see that hand. Is there another this morning? That's three hands that were lifted. Is there another? We're going to wait just a moment. I'm going to tell you, you're going to turn him away one of these days. You don't have to raise your hand. So I'm not raising my hand for that preacher to see. It's not about me and you this morning. It's about an eternal God. If you're lost, you ought to raise your hand and reach upward. So God, I'm a sinner. And I'm concerned for my soul. Is there another this morning? Is there another very quickly? One last opportunity. One last chance. Friend, you're not going to tell me no this morning. But if you're lost and you don't get saved, you'll tell him no. We're going to sing one last verse this morning. If you need to come, if you'll come, if you're lost, I'll meet you in this altar this morning. Trusting only in thy merit. Yes. Would I see thy face? Heal my wounded. I'm going to tell you, you can't go for nobody else. You got to come for yourself, by yourself. And save me by thy. How about it this morning, Sarah? Savior, Savior. Yes. Hear my humble cry. Oh, don't go to hell. Don't go to hell. Don't die without Jesus. I want, I want to do this one thing before we go home this morning. I was thinking about, I think the two, this is just my opinion, but I think the two greatest invitational songs that's ever been written is Just As I Am and Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. And you know, before I got saved, when I'd hear those two songs, it, it gripped fear to my heart. When that congregation would start singing Just As I Am without one plea, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior, it, it put fear in my soul. And it really wasn't the songs as much as it was the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But them songs are so great, aren't they? I come through the house a few days ago and the radio was playing and they was playing that song right there. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Boy, I heard that and I thought to myself, boy, that's a, that's a great song. I love that song. Don't y'all, how many of y'all love that song? Now, boy, it's a great song. And, it, and it, it just brought such comfort to me. And when it brought comfort to me, Brother David, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, you remember, remember when you used to hear that song and scare you to death? Now you love it. You know what the difference is? He ain't passed me by, friend. I'm telling you, he passes by. But he don't pass me by. I'm glad for the day that Jesus Save my soul. How many of y'all this morning are glad for the day you obtained the mercy of God? I'm telling you, I'm gonna go home happy today because I know I don't have a lot of riches. I don't have a lot of money. I got more than I ever would have had living for the devil. I promise you that. I ain't got a big bankroll. Guess what? I don't need one. And I'm not against anybody that does this morning. I'm just telling you 
the happiness and the peace and the joy. They ain't enough booze in this world. Hey, you couldn't smoke enough dope this morning. You couldn't offer me enough pleasures to give me the peace that's on my pillow when I lay my head down at night. I'm nobody special, the unworthy nobody special. But don't it just feel good on a sunny Sunday morning in the house of God, Brother Laddie, had to know that if, listen, you didn't draw another breath, uh, hallelujah for the day that you obtained the mercy of God. Uh, I'm telling you, thank God uh, that we're alive uh, and saved uh, and we found his mercy, hallelujah. When I walk through heaven's portals, I'll know the only reason I'm here is by his mercy. It's so good to be saved. I wouldn't trade places. I wouldn't trade places with the richest man on earth right now. I wouldn't trade places with a beer drinking crowd. I'm gonna tell you what all they're doing this morning. They're waking up this morning on a hangover. You know what they do on Sundays? They try to get over what they did Saturday night so they can sober up halfway and go to work on Monday. That's what they're doing today. Amen. I'm glad I, I'm glad I obtained mercy. It's good to be saved. Religion is the worst thing in the world when you're not saved. I don't know how people go to church every week lost. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? I, I, I wouldn't like church if I wasn't saved. I'd be miserable. You know what I'd do if I wasn't saved and had to go to church? I'd find every excuse I could to miss. That's what I'd do. Amen. I know y'all ready to go home, but I ain't ready right now. We're going to go home about two minutes. But I'm telling you this morning, if I was a lost church member, I tell you, I mean, I'd just soon quit church. Preach, you ought not say that, but it's true. I'd be hunting. I mean, I'd come down with a toe ache at least every Sunday night. And Wednesday night, I mean, I listen, I'd be miserable. What makes this thing so real is Him. Amen. What about it? One last verse, Brother David. One last verse before we go home.